and truth, not facts, are what we're talking about tonight, and there's a difference. Facts are not necessarily the truth. They're the best we know at the time. But today's newspapers, I mean this day's newspapers, reported that public confidence in the leadership of our major institutions, such as the media, education, banking, government, the military, medicine, business, has sunk to the lowest in at least a decade. And every institution today is under attack in our country. The home, the church, the government. And many people are asking, what is the truth? They're asking, what is the truth about the airliner that was downed off the coast of Japan? And inside the pages of the Bible are stories of lust and hate and war and crime as bad as anything that we read in history. It's called the Holy Bible. It's holy because it tells the truth. It tells the truth about God, about man, about the devil. But Satan has caused a credibility gap to be established. Our magazines are filled with stories of Satan worship. Satan has his disciples, demons, sorcery, witchcraft, and wizards are front page news today. And the devil and his legions seem to be gathering steam for the last great conquest of this earth. Now Jesus wasn't afraid to call him what he was. Jesus called him a liar. Well, God bless you. That was the great late father of evangelism, Billy Graham, coming coming with the idea already. This is 1983, this crusade that, that I pulled this clip from here in Sacramento, California. Uh, that's way up north. That's about a good seven, eight hour drive from my house here in, uh, in the uh, Rosemead, Pasadena area. And uh, he already begins to uh, bring out the false narratives, the stories that are that are told in order to shape the mind and the souls of humanity, uh, the lies that are propagated through what they would call believable stories. How can we spin a story? Uh, we we see this so prevalent today. In fact. Um, when you start looking at the lies that are out there, uh, when you start looking at the Rittenhouse uh, trial, that that uh, when facts were actually looked at, when videotape was examined, that every accusation from racism to to breaking laws, they were all false, and uh, that is what we are living in today where people want to shape a narrative or start a narrative start a story okay with the intent to deceive the intent to shape the minds and the hearts of people so people will see it their way it's 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 a controlled operation if you will you know the false narratives is, is subtle it's dangerous it's 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 a form of misinformation they want to misinform you to misguide you and we're living in this day we're living in this day um where where this is this is um uh part of the information war that we're in is to make sure that we are in the truth of god's word and today we're going to be talking about abiding in the word of god abiding in the truth of god's word and uh taking a deep 
look at this because we we are living in a world that that is that um, our media system okay those that 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 tell you good is bad and bad is good uh, I mean I see this every single day uh, where where uh, I go to a, a high school to coach to coach a little bit and um, every time I see gender neutrality restrooms right where they don't separate I mean I, I'm it's in your face. They're trying to sell you a false narrative constantly that there's many genders and there's many. Uh, that's their false narrative. It's in your face. They wrap it up in law. Okay. They wrap it up in law that these are protected now. Okay. And if you speak against them, you're against the law. And, and this is why it's important for us to stay on top of the politics and stay on top of the policies that govern our, our civilizations, that govern our cities, govern our states, govern our schools. This is, there's a huge movement with, from the, from the, um, from the uh, conservative uh, parents all over the nation regarding how children are being raised or taught in schools and they're getting involved in school board meetings and the FBI is, I mean, just all kinds of, just all kinds of stuff that are happening. Why? Because they're fighting false narratives. Okay, they're fighting narratives. I was down on the border back in, back in April. I believe it was April when the, when um, the Biden administration uh, was dealing with the Haitians or not dealing with the Haitians down at the border uh, over off of um, over in um, Eagle Pass and Del Rio. When when those two areas were being affected, they were saying, oh, there's no crisis. Well, I was down there and I took pictures and it, it, it was a, a massive humanity. In fact, I had one agent tell me, if you look back about five miles, you'll still see people. This is a crisis but they were they were telling you there's nothing to see here there's nothing to do there's that because that's what they want you to believe that is creating a false narrative man it's time for us to abide in the word of god to know the word of god to know your god okay to know that your god the lord jesus christ the god of the bible the god of abraham isaac and jacob yahweh to know him not not to know what other people say about him not to know not to know what what your preacher believes about him and teaches you but you have a responsibility as a christian as a discipler as one that is is to be a learner of god yourself you must know the truth and become free completely because of the truth that you know and that this is important. Um, and I would say this in my podcast. This is important, right? It is important for you to develop your faith in God. For you to develop your own knowledge from God. That you search the scriptures. That you walk in the truth of God's word. That you discover. I love listening to great preachers preach. And, and listen to all kinds of different perspectives um, of, of, of the presenters of the gospel. It doesn't matter to me about whether they believe in miracles like I believe in miracles, whether they believe in speaking in tongues of the supernatural like I do. I, I understand who they are. I understand what their strengths are. And I pull from their strengths to implement it in what I do as a believer. Okay, To see something different. That I don't preach in an echo chamber and become a party line preacher. No, I want to preach the full gospel of God. I want to feel... Preach the full counsel of the Word of God from every aspect. I want to. I want to know Him. I want to come to know Him in a greater dimension. And John chapter eight, okay, as we begin to start dealing with false narratives, 
because I mean, even the great Billy Graham says they, they, you know, they're coming against the family. They're coming against every institution. Our, our, our political system is corrupt. Our, they're coming after our police. Our policemen, they're coming after our families, they're coming after our education, they're coming after the, the, I mean, they're coming after all of it with false narratives. You know, today is a very special day as they're hearing the, the case of Roe v. Wade. They're very concerned about that because the false narrative of, of, of life in the womb, that it's just a tissue it's just a, a mass of cells it's not it's 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 not a, it's not a baby it, it's it's a fetus and, and a fetus is not a human being and they, they put all their faults down but science the truth listen they may have the media they may have they may have the media they may have the money they may have the the platforms they may have those things but we have the truth of god's word we have the truth and the truth will set you free every single time. And so I'm just going to point out a few things to you today in this podcast regarding abiding in the truth. Because the information wars, it, it, it's, it's full throttle right now. You can, you can go on. I mean, now we have the Omicron, the, 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 this, uh, this virus. Look, just stop it. This Fauci has lied so much. This false narrative. Where am I? Do you know that, that a virus, the, the, the coronavirus is so small. If you take a hair, okay, if you take a hair, it is 9,000 times smaller than the pin of a hair. And no mask can stop this virus from coming through. Yet they tell you, wear a mask, wear three masks, wear five masks. There's no peer study on mask working. None. And yet they tell you to do it, and we follow like a bunch of dumb sheep because we're following false narratives. Get six feet apart. Get the, no, Cut it out. Stop it already. And we see this all over because people are afraid because they are listening to narratives. They're, they, they've abandoned science of natural immunity, you know, where the science, the real scientists, the ones that really study this thing without a financial uh, motivation of control and uh, dominance and tyranny, the real scientists say your natural immunity is 21 times stronger. It's 21 times stronger than the vaccine. And there's all kinds of things. But again, narratives, false narratives, you know, false narratives and the truth. You must abide in the truth of God's word because it's the truth of God's word that is the only narrative that gives you the biblical worldview, that gives you the idea of God, the intentions of God, the motives of of God, the modus operandi of God, how he operates, how he moves. John 8 31 says this, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in me and my words in you, if you abide in me and in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So a person that is walking outside of God's word is not a disciple because it is, it is the bringing together of the word and the person, the person that abides, the person that that, that menos, okay, menos to live, okay, the one that that's the Greek word for abide is menos, the one that lives there, the one that the one that dwells there, the one that just you know just kind of is a picture of Psalms 
uh, Psalms 1, you know, where it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners. Okay, here you're having a picture of one type of person. Okay, you have a blessed person that doesn't stand with sinners because he's abiding, he's abiding in a different realm. He's abiding in a different posture. He doesn't live in false narratives. Okay, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Okay, this is all, this is John 8, 31, and you, met, you marry this with Psalms chapter 1. You just marry this together, and the thoughts are absolutely amazing. Watch this. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. But the ungodly are not so. So again, you have a picture of a blessed man, and you have a picture of a unblessed man. You have a you have the posture of those that abide in the word of God. You avoid the scoffers. You avoid the, avoid the false narratives. You avoid those that know not God and have no God in their knowledge. You avoid living like them. This is what it means to abide in the word of God. This is what it means to live and become discipled, to become a mathetist, a discipler, a learner of God, one that increases in the knowledge of God, that the narrative of heaven develops in your heart, that the narrative of heaven develops in your mind, that the narrative of heaven moves in you. That you're not swayed by their fear-mongering. You're not swayed by, by, by what this world tells you. You are moved only by the Word of God. That you stand flat-footed on the Scriptures, on the pages of the thoughts of God, the very breath of God. You stand on those two pages and on Christ alone. The word we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Abide in me, menos emos logos. Menos, abide. Emos, in mind, the possession, egos, egos, logos. The word, the thoughts, the intentions, the ideas of heaven. Abide in my word. You are my disciples, my learners, my, my mathetes. My learners, my pupils, my students, to learn. I mean, this is this is a, this is a powerful word. When somebody is a disciple, we begin to learn new things. We begin to learn who God is. We we stay in His Word, but we're not going to learn anything new. We're not going to we're not going to grow in Christ if we do not abide. If we do not decide to disciple, where you live mentally, where you live spiritually, okay is dependent on whether or not you'll be a disciple or not. If you're in His Word, you're going to be discipled. You're going, you're going to have a different approach to life. You're going to have the narratives of heaven alive in your soul and in your spirit. Listen to what this says again, because again, we're going to be talking about narratives, false narratives, okay? The ants, listen, Jesus says this, you're my disciples indeed, if you what? If you abide in my Word, if you stay in my Word. Right? And then he says this. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? Okay, so true freedom is where you stand and what you live by. That's true freedom. 
The knowledge of God will set you free. The truth will set you free. We're going to get into this word truth in a bit. Okay, but let, let's, let, let's continue the, down this road with this discussion with the Jews, with the Abraham's descendants. Because Jesus offers them and says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, right? You'll be my disciples indeed. If you live in my words, menos emos logos, okay? If you, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. There's a liberation, this true truth that you live in that gives you only freedom. Only the word of God gives you complete freedom. Then they answered, we are the descendants of Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you, you, you will be made free? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son of God makes you free, you are free indeed. He talks about the different types of relation. This is your, your Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, verse 1 through uh, 6. This is it right here, the scoffer, the scoffer, the ones that won't remain in the house, the ones that will, will be removed from the property. The slave doesn't stay in the house forever. Hey, but the sons of God do. Those are the ones that abide in the word of God. Be a learner. Be one that is discipled by God. Be one that abides, lives. One that stays grounded and rooted so that you may grow. I love Exodus chapter 7, verse 8 through 13. This Now, this is a contrast here, okay? This is contrast. This is, um, this is a story with Moses, with the magicians. Watch this. And this is important because Timothy, uh, Paul writes to Timothy about this, about the knowledge of truth. He says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show me a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they said to him, Just as the Lord commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it, came, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men, the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their en enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up the rods. The, uh, but, but Aaron's rod swallowed up the rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. This is an important story, because these are two narratives. This is good against evil. This is God's word. This is the truth against a lie, a fallacy. You see that Moses, Moses and Aaron, they were victorious in the sight of uh, Pharaoh because the truth, the rod, the word of God, obeying the scriptures. This means, oh, we can do that. Oh, we can teach. Oh, this is why pulpits have become places of, of philosophy and positive thinking and, 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 you know, we sound so much like the world. I'm, it's, it's absolutely amazing that people stop preaching the Word of God and they preach feel-good messages. They preach, they preach that everything's going to be rosy and, 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 and the prosperity and, and, uh, of, of external things, the material things. We become materialistic because we sound just like the world because we feel that's attractive. But the truth, 
The truth of God's word swallows up those things at the end of the day. And so here you have this idea now forming this narrative about the truth. That the rod was the truth. The rod represents the word of God, which is the truth in this scenario here with Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh and all the what, what the philosophers and all the in uh, and all of um, the magicians of Egypt, they got swallowed up. That's what's happening right now with the truth, the narratives. Second Timothy chapter three, seven and eight. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. He says, always learning, never coming, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Never be never coming to the knowledge. Epigenosco, the recognition. Epi means time and place. Noso means knowledge. In other words, they 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 have see, they see, but they don't know what they're looking at. They hear, but they don't know what they're listening to. Epigenosco is when you have recognition of actually what the scriptures are talking about what the disciple what the teacher is teaching the disciple you have epignosco you begin to grow in it you have an experiential knowledge an acknowledgement of the fact that yes that is the way it is of the truth of the truth okay always learning never coming to the knowledge of the truth you don't change because you come you don't come to the knowledge of the truth there's all kinds of Christians that are like that. They're church all their lives and they live and they live negative. They live, they live with a heart that, that's, that's unforgiving. They have all these issues with themselves, with themselves, and they project it on others. Why? Because they don't come to the knowledge of the truth. There's no epignosos. There's no recognition. There's no full discernment of what the teachings are all about. They never come to aletheia, true truth, objective truth in all matter of situations and circumstances. They cannot apply the word of God to their situation. They don't see how the word of God is sufficient for them. Now watch what he says there, because there's a lot of people that are always learning, but never coming. Always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. They never acknowledge that this is what it is. When Jesus was in front of Pilate, Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? What did Jesus say? You said it. In other words, you've acknowledged it. See, truth must be acknowledged. 2 Timothy 3, 7 and 8 leads us down this path. Now watch what he says here. It says, now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses. Now this is the same one. These are the magicians. So... So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith, they will, they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifested to all, as theirs also was. In other words, the foolishness of them throwing their rods down, the foolishness of playing around with the truth of God's word, giving false narratives, giving false prophetic words, Pre prophesying of a, a party line, things in those natures, preaching a gospel that's not a gospel at all, preaching a Jesus that doesn't that doesn't convict of sin by the Holy Spirit. It's, you're gonna be just it, it's it's gonna come out when people start saying, "Man, I trusted that." 
We have a responsibility to the truth of the Word of God, not to create our own narratives. I love what John chapter 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world. I also have sent them into the world. In other words, what is it? They're, they're different because of my word. Sanctif sanctification, hegeos, is a separation, a sacredness to them. We're not sacred on our own works. We're sacred because we abide in the word of God. We think differently. We walk differently. We talk differently. We walk in the truth, objective truth of God's word. What is true in every situation, every circumstance, that's what we walk in. We walk in the truth. I love what John 14, 6 says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes. I love this word comes. Erkomai. This word means coming and going. That means that if you don't come in, he definitely didn't send you. Okay? Just because you can logically communicate, just because you have uh, epistemology behind you where you can uh, put words together, right? Just because you can do those things. I'm sorry, etymology, not epistemology. Epistemology is come to knowledge. How do you get your knowledge? That's epistemal, okay? Epistemi, that means to come to knowledge. How did you get your knowledge, you know, the, for the preacher? When you ask them for their notes, what you're really asking for is their epistemy, epistemology. In other words, we're going to see how you got your knowledge, where you get your resources, where you get this. Etymology is the study of words, how words began, how. And there's a lot of people that are great orators, but they're terrible theologians. They, oh, they, 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 oh, that sounded good, that sounded good. And, and how they worded it together, it really got the crowd going. Yeah, that's cute, that's cute, but it's a gospel. Okay, I am the way, I, the holos, the road, I am the road, the way, W-A-Y is a Greek word, holos, I am the road, in other words, you got to travel on the road of truth, the truth, okay, I am the aletheia, okay, you can't separate truth from who God is, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, this is important for us to understand, and there's, I mean, you. I've heard uh, Joel Olstein. Yeah, you hear all these. I mean, deny the truth of God's word, deny the doctrines of God, right on, right on mainstream TV. And and what's damaging about that? That they think that's what Christianity is. Or we're gonna have this 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 Christian preacher on there. They're no more a preacher than they are a car a used car salesman. If you don't know your doctrines, if you refuse to preach the truth of God's word, then you're not on the way. Because Jesus, I am the Hodos, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the Zoe, I'm the one that produces eternal life, Zoe. Life in absolute sense, life in all God's intentions for man. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, no one, Erkomai, comes in or goes out from me, okay, except through me. Very important, very powerful truths now why do we defend the gospel why is this so important for us to guard our narratives okay guard our narratives guard the biblical narrative because number one god desires truth in the inward parts psalms 51 6 you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part 
You will make me know wisdom. So you want to get to know wisdom, start having integrity. Start walking in truth on the inside. Psalms 25, 5 says this, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Oh, you I wait on all day and all night. So when you begin to stand in the Word of God, you begin to get the narrative of heaven. Have a biblical worldview. Have a view that's based upon God's Word. When we start looking at when we start looking at the knowledge of God, man, that's that's a deep subject. It's a deep subject. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect, for His ways are just. Okay? His ways are just. We have this, we have the church trying to, we have the word trying to meet the needs of society, trying to meet, trying to meet the, the, the cultural needs. How do we accommodate the culture? No, find Him. Stay in his word, for he's your rock. His way is perfect for all his ways. We're always trying to find, oh, we need justice for this, justice for that. No, stop it. Walk in God's word, justice will come. You cannot separate God from justice. We look for all the, we, we look for all the cultural, cultural answers, sociology, to answer what only the word of God can suffi- sufficiently fix. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says this, He is the rock, His way is perfect, for all His ways are justice, a God of truth, without un, without injustice, righteousness and upright is He. So here we have this narrative of who God is. Why is this important? You must know that the Word of God, the Word of God will shape the narrative of heaven. We bring this message from heaven, from heaven to earth. We stay in it. Psalms 25, 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God. For you are my God. I like that. For you are the God of my salvation. And I wait on you. Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your hearts. It's that endeavor to pursue God consistently. To pursue God 100%. And not get distracted and dismayed by other people's narratives. But we stay in the narrative of God's word. We stay in heaven's story. We stay in the story of God. One of the things that, that, that the world wants to do with us is to, is to take us out of Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Creation. Man and woman. Who controls the earth? Who created the earth? They want a world without God. That's a narrative. That that we can't have that. And how do we do this? We got we got to defend the seed. When you start talking about abiding in the truth, that means you got to protect the truth, because the truth is always being attacked. You got to know how to answer. Proverbs eight seven. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. We have to get to the point to where we're going to stay in the Word of God. Again, speak the truth. I'm going to speak the Word of God. I'm going to speak because I'm a disciple. Because I abide in in the Lord. I abide in the Word. I'm going to speak the truth of God's Word. Wickedness is an abomination to me. Okay. It's an abomination to my lips. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to preach God's word. So I must, I must again, 
I must be able to abide in theology, the doctrine of God. And the apologetics is a fundamental importance to the Christian. The doctrine of God. How I believe God. How does the word of God uh, pertain to the life of Christians? How does, how does the word of God govern one's life? The doctrine of God. Theology. And apologetics. How do I defend the word of God? In other words, how do I know what I know and tell the world about it? And how do I defend? How do I argue against the fundamental uh, lies of the culture? This is important theology because the doctrine of God and apologetics is fundamental of importance. The question is, does God exist and what is he like? You have to be able to explain that. Does God exist? Yes. And what is he like? The experiential, the empirical knowledge that we get through walking with him. I know he lives. Why do you know he lives? You must be able to explain that truth because you walk in the narratives of heaven. Number two, you got to start understanding about the being of God, God the being, God the person, that he's independent or aseity of God or the aseity of God. He is absolute. He doesn't need anything else. He's sufficient in all himself. John 5, 27, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. In other words, because God the Father, God the Son, God is the one, they, they allow each other. They, they, they're sufficient. They don't go outside of each other to do things. They work in perfect unity. They're independent of all other outside resources. John chapter 5, 27, for as the Father has life in himself, so he granted life himself. I gave that to you. Acts 17, 25, nor nor is he worshipped with hand with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Acts 17, 25. See, there's a, there's this idea that, that was was out there, okay, that if you that you're gonna hurt the heart of God. No, no, he, listen, listen, listen. There's nothing you can do to affect the heart of God. Okay? There's nothing you can do to affect the heart of God. Because if you can hurt him, then he's not God. Because he needs your praise. You hear prayer, oh, pray though, because he needs your praise. No, he doesn't need your praise. We need to praise him so that he can come in our presence. He inhabits the praises of the people. So you have to understand the being of God. God is spirit. What does that mean? What's he like? He's independent. He's independent of everything. He's self-sufficient. He's self-reliant. That the world was created outside, it comes from him. Colossians 1 talks about that. 1 John, John chapter 1 talks about that. You must understand that God is in the immutability of God. God does not change. Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Okay? Therefore, you are not consumed. Listen, God has a plan. He's not changing his plan. He doesn't change. There's no immutability to him. His immutability means that he's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. There's, a, there's this idea in the culture that God, that, that the Father was so mad in the Old Testament and Jesus is the good cop in the New Testament. That's not, that, that doesn't fly theologically. That doesn't fly in the unity of the Godhead. 
which is our next thing you have to understand, is the unity of the Godhead. To defend your faith, to defend, to stand, to understand God correctly, is the unity of God. That God is independent and unchangeable. Number one, He's independent and unchangeable. God has unity within Himself between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. That they are one. Jesus said that. I and the Father are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. Okay? There's a big difference between unity and simplicity. The number of oneness, the number of oneness, the three in one, the divine trinity. There is and can only be one God, period. Jeremiah 10, 10. But the Lord is the true God, manifested in three persons, but one God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth trembles and the nations will be able to endure. Okay? First John chapter 1 5. This is the message which we have heard and declared to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. <laughs> at all. Okay, there's no two. If there's no light, if there's only light, then there, there's not a second thing. There's the oneness of God, the sufficiency of God. Darkness does not exist in him. That gives you the idea of the, the, the completeness of light. That God is complete in himself. And later on, I'll, we'll talk about the will of God. What does the will of God mean? But anyway, God bless you. I pray that you walk in the truth of God's word. You abide. Listen, we are in an information war. We are in a narrative war. We are in a war for the minds and the hearts of our families, our churches. We cannot be soft. We cannot be soft when it comes to the things of God in the information war. Walk in the truth. Abide in Him. And He'll abide in you. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Forrest coming to you once again. Just to encourage your heart to stay true to God's word. And come to the knowledge of the truth. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.